This podcast is brought to you by The Business Habitat, a 12-month development program for expert business leaders looking to escape the hamster wheel and grow their businesses to scale. So here's the question. In our expert professional services businesses, where the rules were written last century and the world keeps changing around us, how do we as experts who have spent years, sometimes decades, getting our technical skills to the ultimate level, the proportion of little time learning the ones required to grow our businesses based on our own terms, rewrite these rules for ourselves? I'm Sam Dean, and this podcast, Business Habitat, explores the answers to these questions. Hello and welcome everybody. I'm Sam Dean, your host of Business Habitat. I am super excited to have Cheryl Leon here. Now, Cheryl Leon has a business called The Growth Hub. We're working with it in one of the Blueprint programs at the moment, and I think it's one of the most interesting purpose-driven businesses I have come across in a long time. And Cheryl herself, I've known for quite a while and is such an interesting person to talk to. We're going to cover off on two topics today, hopefully, Cheryl. The first one being the purpose-driven and how I feel that purpose-driven as a word is maybe being a little bit overdone in the, in, the, in the world right now. And the second one is, you know, one of the underlying things is talking about virtual assistants and uh, part of Cheryl's business is all about um, helping you out with your people power and how they solve that problem is through BAs and, and different styles of people based in the Philippines. So we want to get down on that. But Cheryl, if I might start, let's start with how you came to be sitting here today, like a bit of a backstory, and particularly, I think, the story around why you started your business. Sure. Thanks so much for having me here today, Sam. I'm, I'm really excited and I really want to say thank you uh, because I think the the topics that you cover, uh, I've listened to some of your podcasts and um, it, it's great to be part of this and share share my story, but also be able to hopefully inspire a few people here as well. Um, so how how did we come um, come to get here, I guess, with the Growth Hub, if that was the first, the first question? A um, bit of a story behind that. I I very much am a connector. I love connecting people, and I love to see. Um, I love to, in particular, see people um, achieve their highest potential in some way, in some way or form. Um, so how how I came up with with the growth hub was when I when I was young. I used to live in I used to live in Singapore, and in Singapore, if you're familiar. A lot of households have um, helpers at the time. We would refer to your helper as a maid, and a lot of our a lot of our helpers were were from the Philippines, from the Philippines or Indonesia. And I was quite young at the time, maybe from about oh about from about five to 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 twelve. We've always had a helper, and I I was. Um, I always built quite a strong relationship with our helpers, but I realized that all of them, first of all, all of them were mums. All of them were mums. They had they had children back home. And at the time there was no internet, you know, you would they would call once a week and I you know, they would have photos and because I'd gotten quite quite close to to our helpers and they were to me like like friends. Um, you know, I would see them upset having left their children and their families. 
And over the years, as I grew older, I realized how much of a sacrifice that was. And it never felt right to me. I was never really comfortable with it because I didn't understand why someone would have a family and have to leave their family to work overseas and to a certain extent be almost at a, at a lower level, like have to serve someone in a way. And not saying that, I mean, my family, you know, I like to say we looked up, you know, we looked after our, our helpers, but, you know, there's always, you know, and the rest of there, there were instances that you read about, um, uh, about mistreatment and just treating people like maids or even like slaves. And I know it's a very strong word, but it was like people, they, they would have tiny, tiny rooms. They would only, they'd have to wake up at four or five in the morning and would sleep at 10 at night. And there were all these elements that, that for me just didn't feel right. And I said, one day I would do something to make a difference because I don't think, I felt no one should ever be, you know, in that position. They, they would have to leave family and not have the choice to be able to, to, to embrace family and being the best that they were. Because a lot of them were, had gone through uni. And I'm going, why are you a nurse? And why are you here? And you've got this education. And so that was when, I guess, I mean, that's that's the, the basis of where, you know, the growth hub has come, come on, upon, where it's like, how can I make a difference to people's lives in developing countries, work, work from home, have that work-life balance like I do in a first world country and make a difference as well to their lives and to the lives of others. Yeah, and I'm I'm so glad that you've brought this topic up because, I mean, I think this is one of the, um, the issues as we build businesses that we want to build too. And we see this so often and we want to make a difference in the world and we want to as very privileged people. Like if we live in Australia... I think we're very privileged and we don't actually see this a lot because while we do travel, you know, some people do spend more time in the Asian countries perhaps Mm -hmm. or wherever that means. And I think for me as one, I have really tried to become more aware, but then my privilege kind of gets in the way as well, if that makes sense. And thank you for bringing this up. And I think that it's so important because this is sometimes it's like, well, how can we help? Well, we can start just thinking listening to stories such as yours, but listening perhaps to stories of the people that we do come across when we are talking to people who are on the phone who clearly aren't from our country, whether they be in Asia or America or wherever, it doesn't matter, and and getting a little bit curious. And I think that that's such an important thing to become become aware of that. And I think you hit on a couple of things there is looking at people as equals. Absolutely. Like everybody is born equals and we've just had the benefit and the luck to be born here and, Mm. or, you know, wherever that may be yourself in Singapore in privilege. I mean, what do you think gave you the insight? Because sometimes if it's been a generational thing and we aren't aware of it, what made you look and, and start questioning this? Do you think? I mean, I a... think even as a as a young girl, I've, yeah. I was never comfortable mm-hmm. with with it. I wanted to help. I wanted to help with cleaning. I mean, I, if my mum was listening to this, she'd probably laugh because she's like, "Why don't you clean more now?" <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> and but it was like, why couldn't? I mean, there were certain things that and that that I wanted to 
do? And I sort of went, well, we were so privileged in that aspect that we were spoiled to not look after ourselves in a way. And I, I, I wasn't really comfortable with it. And I look back at it and I go, well, because I had so, I had so much done for me, yeah. it took me a longer time to grow up. And 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 take risks or or just just do things to, to that you do as a as a grown up right because I was so used to someone doing stuff for me whether it was doing my clothes or whatever and I just went you know why can't why can't I do my own stuff and I you know we moved to Australia and and I did everything myself yeah. and I'm like it's not that hard no it's 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 fine Sue so, and I think I think. One of the things that surprised me in that story that you were just telling is the level of education of some of these people and how we might be able to get them to benefit from their education and, of course, us as well, um, particularly as business owners going forward. And I think that's a nice segue. But before I do, I just want to loop back on the purpose. So the purpose of the Growth Hub if I'm not mistaken, is to make impact. Absolutely. And one of the impacts you're making is making sure that particularly women, because most of your your people are women, they're not all women, like I met a couple, but um, mm, mm. can stay at home with their families and work. Yeah. And not only work, but bring their magic into other people's businesses. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in particular, I mean, we, we started up not be- not long before coronavirus hit and lockdowns. Right. And if, and, and it was, like, I mean, it was sort of like a week after or two weeks after when I first had my, 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 my EA come on board, it was like lockdowns. And, and, and you know what, again, the privilege is that in Australia, the government was able to, to do things in terms of provide monetary support. And so we, obviously it took a few months, but you talk about developing countries, there is no help. Yeah. There is no help. The amount of corruption that happens there as well. So it's either you work or you don't work. People live hand to mouth and they had to go out to work. And you sort of went, well, if I've got to go out to work, I'm going to be exposed to a, a virus and a pandemic. And, um, and and a lot of people live with their extended families. So like at one point, there were like thousands and thousands of cases in the Philippines on a daily basis but people had no choice, but they had to go out to work. And so to be able to provide, I mean, it just so happened. I was, I've, I've worked for, from home for the last 10 years and it's, it's been fantastic for me in terms of my productivity, being able to, to, to balance it with family. I said, there's not, there's, I, I, I'm no less efficient in, or no less or more, yeah. whichever it is. I'm not inefficient working yep. from home until you know until sort of my children are here because they can't go to school but you know it's the same it's like if people given the opportunity everyone wants to be able to 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 have what not everyone for those that do I want that to be the opportunity and it just happened that because of the 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 pandemic there were even more people not just for their own not just for their own ability professionally to, to to work from home but just for their own personal welfare and health to have that choice Fantastic. so let me just loop back there for a minute so the growth hub itself's only been going for just over what that's 18 months two years just under two years yeah and we're recording this on actually on remembrance day it's the 11th of november obviously it won't drop today so it's a very young company and you've already been able to grow it to a 
approximately 30, I think, something like that. Over over 40, 40, yeah, we've got 40, 40 in our team. All my numbers today. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, I mean, that's an amazing growth and an amazing impact, I would have thought, to people who wouldn't have had that otherwise. I think that that then segues into kind of the next topic quite nicely. I think there's a lot of, and certainly as a almost a serial owner of different <laughs> different styles of businesses and definitely, you know, big accounting firms, smaller accounting firms, also tree businesses. I've had a lot of exposure to the outsourcing of labor to different countries and a lot of probably what I would call blocks. Not so much with myself because to me, people are people and it doesn't matter where they are and it, it depends on what it is. And I think one of the interesting things that I found about we're also looking at resourcing and the resourcing issues, I think are the same. The problems that you have with people are the same, whether they're sitting next to you or they're in another country or they're down the road or they're even in another state as the case is at the moment. To me, it's lack of planning, um, lack of strategy and lack of real thought as to where you go. And I think one of the things that really opened my eyes when going through your process was definitely how much time you put into that, really getting to know. Because Cheryl's business, while talent is one of their key attributes, it's all about growth processes and systems as well. So while you kind of look from the outside, it does look like a standard outsourcing company, for lack of a better word, but it's not. There's so much more. But one of the things that you, I think you go at the same, you're going at the same target with business owners that we are, but in different tunnels, you know, trying to get to the same center is that for leaders, for business owners, one of the things we cannot do is change and build great businesses um, without time and space. <laughs> and yes. so you, I know yeah. that your, your focus initially is on talent and of course the style of talent. And I know mm. that you have a different, a couple of different things. So I'd really like, I mean, I suppose that was a bit more of a statement than a question, but my question to you is, what do you think if there's one, a few things that you could talk to us about get in the way of successful implementation of staff into businesses? Yeah, I'd say particularly with the outsourcing space, I find what you, you, you hit the nail on the head in terms of this, there's probably not as much thought into it as someone would think in terms of like the recruiting of someone locally in inverted commas, right? Because you sit there and you, and, and when you're thinking of someone locally, you're going, Right. What are the roles and responsibilities? What are, you know, this is my this is my checklist that I want. But yeah. but there's a little bit of that given give and take that you understand that it's about finding the right person and the right skills to be able to implement the role effectively. Yeah. Yeah. But for some reason, when you start talking about outsourcing, people sort of think I just want someone to do it, it all. <laughs> I just want someone to do my, my social media, my emails, my calendars, my everything, you know, you sort of go, well, 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 we might've been guilty of that. That's the, <laughs> with, but, but this is, yeah. And, 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 and it's really interesting for me because, and that's my, that's my role is to sort of peel it back because I understand where the, the business owner is at. I understand because you're like, I do need all this help, yeah. but is that, you know, this, the, this, and that's where the strategic side of things is, is about identifying what is the talent that you need what are the roles and responsibilities because just like everyone else you don't you, you know someone that's fantastic at research and organizing may be pretty crappy at 
the graphic side of things, you know, and the creative side of things. And I know it's been, been a journey of a lot of trial and error of that and really identifying. And so uh, my, my role and my team's role is to, to really try to um, identify, yep, do the big brain brain dump we've got a tool called the task shredder you do a big uh, brain dump you guys have done that before and it's and and using that identify what are the core skills that the business needs and and working out like you know as as a business if we're we're looking to grow and build a team identify what those core roles are right and then and then make and and make a plan as to all right. Well, let's 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 have an EA to begin with because I need someone to help with emails and calendars and the the, the nitty gritty stuff. But then there might be then a marketing assistant that comes in as the next spot, and then there might be someone else from, you know, appointment setting, lead generation. So it's it's identifying those main roles, and that's what I find that that um, not enough thought is being put around that planning process yeah where it's and 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 people jump in too quickly because they almost forget that yes not everyone has the same skill you just sort of go i'm getting a va they're going to be able to do this that's it (laughs) and that's when things get crumbling really it's the same problem like we work with leaders and team through expert businesses and we spend a lot of time on the org chart strategies and the roles. And actually we have a whole program that's dedicated to the purpose of your role and the problem you're solving and the functions that make that up, particularly around the leaders, because we kind of say, oh, I'm going to become an owner of an expert business or an owner of any kind of business really. And then we don't really think about our skill sets and what we actually need. And so a lot of the, the leaders have massive technical skill sets, but they don't spend disproportionately little time thinking what else I need and what else can I actually outsource because this is one of the big things. And it's exactly the same problem. It's lack of organisational chart strategy and then lack of, well, I've got a role, (laughs) but what does that actually mean? And I think what you offered, you know, when we worked through was a very, I was just a remark, astounded just how exactly the same the process was. And so it doesn't matter. Humans are humans all through the world. And even though you're recognizing it as looking at outsources, we find the same problem with it doesn't matter throwing people at the problem to start with rather than going, what is the actual problem? Is it a system and process problem? Are we actually doing things we shouldn't be doing? Like full stop, no one should be doing. Am I just completely, you know, is it an email problem and should I just go through and unsubscribe from a whole lot of stuff? Whatever whatever that is. So we kind of think we'll just throw more people at the problem. And the more people you throw at a problem, the more the problem will grow because people without clarity and direction create more chaos. That's just the nature of us. Absolutely. And if they're, they're just not the right people in the right roles, then yeah. they're just, it's just going to, you know, they're just set up for failure. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, I've, I've had the benefit, you know, my, my whole team is remote and my whole team, I would say, you know, they're virtual assistants. I don't think of them as virtual assistants. They're just my team, but we've got, we've got an org structure and I've had to sort of identify there will, you know, at the beginning, there were roles that, that um, people were, were having to wear two or more hats, but eventually as, as we were, you know, had the capacity to, 
we would identify what is the core thing that they're passionate about and their skill that and then they would they would move into those roles you know and so it's it's really having a plan to identify where your core needs are to begin with you know and say all right i want someone to have you know a significant amount of these skills and then and then and then grow it out as to where else your business needs it but i think as leaders we start off thinking that well we're doing everything to begin with i can't even imagine an organizational chart or i can't even imagine an organization or a team i just want people to do stuff <laughs> yes and i think one of the most powerful things and i can't remember where i got from but it's definitely part of our program now is you know, when we when you're doing where do I want to be in five years in time, what do I want, what does the organisational chart look like? Yeah. Um, and what does it cost to, mm. you know, because it's at, at the end of the day, it's like what are, and then the, the plan to that as well, because particularly in your business and, and in ours, you know, in any kind of, and most of the people working, a lot of the energy and a lot of the product and output is human energy coming out of it. So it's really important to that that gets done. But then it's also what do I support this human energy with? How do I make it safe? How do I make it really the great communication? And I think, I mean, your business model is probably ahead of the pack because you have been working remotely for so long. You have been working in different time zones. We're just starting to go a little international now and the different time zones and, and the flexibility, let's use that word, that you need to have and businesses are, as a whole traditionally, particularly, shall we say, in the Commonwealth countries and all the American countries as well and Europe have been very strict on nine to fiving and all of this sort of stuff. And I think that the flexible business models that are coming out, which I think I think that's why people are so surprised when they meet you and what your business model is because it, there is probably no description for it right now. You do do virtual assistance, but you're right. It's, there's so much more to it than that. It's not the right hit. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's more than, yeah, it's more than just VAs. Like I, I often say that it's more than just VAs and, and especially because I've, my, my whole business is powered by VAs and, yeah. And I see the amount of talent and I, you know, but again, it's got the flexibility. My team know, like if they've got, they've got to attend to, to um, things personally, like it's not a, you know, can I go to the dish say, sure, I'll be away for two hours. That's cool. You know, it's, it, it's the same where it's all about results rather than ticking off timesheets. Can I, I'm one to, you know, rumble a little bit on something that might be obscure, why do we call them VAs? Why do we say powered by VAs? We wouldn't say my business is powered by PA, so personal assistance, because mm. um, that's mm. where the term came from originally, isn't it? It's like I don't have a personal assistant because they're not personally sitting here right next to me. I have a virtual assistant. They're out there. Some of these people, and particularly your team, I met, they're not assistants. No. They're no. managers and marketing people and some of the guys I met a couple of days ago, they have massive qualifications, you know, got operations managers and stuff. Yeah. But even when I talk to accounting for firms, you know, which is my bigger background, you know, they, they kind of talk about VAs, even if they're, or outsource, they don't even talk about them as accountants. Um, mm. um, they don't kind of do that just because someone's not in your space doesn't mean that. But then there's a whole industry based on VAs. Yes. And they're not assistants. 
No, absolutely. I have so many in my team that <laughs> they're, they're this, that, well, say our operations manager is going to do her master's next year. Um, you know, they've got certifications in um, human resource um, and, and globally recognized certifications. And you're like, and this is why sometimes I, I am um, uncomfortable using the term virtual assistants. Do you think virtuals now become irrelevant too? Because more likely everybody, like, that. does that mean that I call my business partner virtual business partner? She's not. She's, I mean, but we spend most of our mm. time online. Mm. We, we've decided to have a distributed workforce. So we have people everywhere, you know, a lot of, all, around all of Australia and, and in different areas. We don't call them virtual, but Absolutely. they, by definition, I suppose, Absolutely. are. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. I think I think the the idea of virtual assistants did come from the notion that it would be someone that would look after um, sort of fairly mundane like stuff. like menial yeah. tasks, yeah, mundane things that would be doing data, um, you know, data scraping, um, whatever that might be, data entry, that sort of thing. But we've we've moved away from that. Like exactly what you said, we are a global workforce yeah. now. And it's about finding the right talent. Maybe you can be a global workforce expert as opposed to that. That might that might be it. But I mean, obviously, it's some it's something that that you know, virtual assistants people sort of have some idea now. You know, they oh yeah, you've got to use the word. Yeah, and and so you got to go. But then, and it's interesting how we're like, well, I want a virtual assistant, but I want them to be. <laughs> I don't want them to assist at and all. Do, I want them to actually and, do and, it. <laughs> and have, have all these, you know, enormous expectations where I'm like, but I just want an assistant. I don't want to pay a lot of money, but I just want them to do all of this. And so, oh. again, it, it's 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 it, my my role and my team's role is to be able to then just understand what the business is trying to achieve and find the best yeah. person to be able to provide that support. And it's not something that happens overnight. Again, it's about really really finding the right fit it is and it's the same with anybody like um know your values mm. so whether um the people are in the country or not know your values everyone needs your whole team these people everybody's part of your team so i mean we do it with contractors it doesn't matter who you are mm. we self we select our clients and everybody based on our values and uh, including our workforce yeah so um I think it's important and know your strategy and know why you're doing it. Now, you might not know what the problem is, but I strongly recommend anybody who's going, look, I, I think I have a, a shortage or I think I need to, well, to free up some space. First of all, don't just throw people at it, but then sit back and go talk to some, talk mm. to Cheryl and say, what, you know, what can I do? And actually maybe come up with a bit of a people strategy. Even if you don't go down the, the offside or the offshore frame you would get lots of valuable information around that as well i think we don't spend enough time whether virtual or not doing this sort of thought and i think that's why we also quite often create business habitats that when we wake up one day and went how did i get here and why are all these people here <laughs> and yeah. who are these yeah. people they're still they're still here and and I, you, you know, you bring up something that you know I, I see very often when I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I call my strategy, strategy sessions. And sometimes the, the, the truth is, 
it's not a they don't have a people problem it's the systems i don't have the right systems in place i don't have the right tools you know i just came off a call and the lady's going i think i need a, a an assistant to help me set up with this 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 and this and i go well it sounds more that you need to automate things and it's more about having some sort of a, a application to help you keep your keep your um um contacts in one place or you know send out emails and all that so so that was not you know i said having someone now is probably not where you need you actually need to be able to put some systems and processes and automation into what you're doing so that it allows you to then go out and get more revenue because you've got some automation here. And then when you've got to that point, they go, all right, then I can have, I've got the budget and I have the capacity to have someone come on board to support me. And so I think that people are, are problem aware. They obviously, don't, they're not sure what the solution is. And that's what I guide guide them on is sort of going, ident- let's identify what is what is the real problem here. Fantastic. I think we covered off quite a bit there. So if you had to have, two or three tips on, and we'll stick with the the people issue. What are the, just to summarize that, what are the top two or three picks that you could say? If someone's thinking, oh, I, you know, where do I start? Obviously the first one is ring Cheryl, all her details will be down the bottom. But the second, what else would you tell them to do? I'd say the first thing is to be as, as much, you know, spend some time having a bit of a brain dump and, and, I guess this is this comes down to the coaching side of things as well, Sam. That that you go is it's is being clear as to what you're working towards. Yeah. What and 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 then reverse engineering it to go. What do I need to do to be able to get to that point, right? And so if the next step is, is it a marketing issue? Is it a sales thing? And and identify like like you need to do a brain dump, right? Where are my pain points? Am I not getting enough sales? You know, is that because of my marketing's, you know, not not great? Or is it the fact that you've got plenty of leads and you've got plenty of work? It's just that you're spending too much time doing all the other back end stuff. Yeah. That's when, you know, when you're when you're able to sort of identify it's it's the second point where you've got you know, money's okay, but the time's just really, really tight. I'm just totally overwhelmed. That's when you're like, well, that's the next level of going, I need to build a team, right? And then that that's where, yep. you know, the conversation will be around, all right, what does that team need to look like and what are, what are, what is the talent and the skills that you need and in what positions? Yep. And I think if you're looking for people no matter where or in what style, if you not, if the people who are helping you aren't taking the time to get to know this stuff, it doesn't matter what the cost of the people are. The cost of the people is actually irrelevant, whether you're paying them $20,000 a year or $90,000 a year. Your time is super important and does cost. You're better off efficiently spending time at the beginning and making sure the provider is spending time with you as well. So they're very clear on it. It doesn't matter if it's a provider for you know, any human resources is what we're talking about or technology or coaching or whatever. If they're not really spending the time getting to know what you want and getting clear that you know what you want, you know, don't spend that time. Yeah. And then the last one, and I know we mentioned this before, to start off to be start off knowing that it's unlikely there will be a unicorn out there <laughs> to do everything. unicorns exist i believe unicorns exist but maybe not unicorns in terms of 
they may exist, but is that the best thing for your business in the long run as well? And for that person, because I think at the end of the day, people like to be doing the things that they're, they're passionate about and, and they're, they're skilled, they're skilled at. So, and they're, so they're going to last longer in a particular role. Yeah. And, and also, you know, one, one thing that this is from personal experience and is a lesson I have to keep on learning is there is no unicorns and th- there's no such thing as mind readers either. <laughs> so, um, you know, make sure that your communication and everything's fantastic with everybody. Yeah. That's a, that's a really key, that's a really key point. I mean, the, at the end of the day, there are going to be cultural differences mm-hmm. um, and it is important like, that the one thing, you know, particularly from the Philippines um, in a culture where they have, you know, generally it, it is quite a submissive culture. I don't want to, you know, yeah. but it is about us, us as leaders. I mean, it, it doesn't matter where as a leader, your, your, your role is to be able to help empower people and give them the opportunities and encourage them to speak and to communicate clearly. And you as the leader take responsibility as well for lack of communication also. Yeah, I mean, the um, at the end of the day, that's why you lead. Um, or that's what leaders do is they're not there to be looked up to. They're there to make sure everything happens and follow examples and when they do make mistakes and to spend the time to find out the different cultures and stuff. Because, I mean, I know for sure that if you do spend that time with anybody, the payback in time is four, five, sixfold. You can't even measure it. It's that, it's that big because they'll go, they'll go to the world for you. Yes. But if you don't lead by example in the first place, no one's going to get to know you if you don't get to know them and find out what you need. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. So we covered off quite a bit there. Cheryl, thank you, you so much for joining us. And Thank you. It's been fun. Very good. And as I said before, all Cheryl's information um, will be down in the show notes. Jump on and have a look. I highly recommend a quick chat. She's got like a 15, 20-minute discovery call. Go for that. And as always, everybody, be brave and continue the conversation. Thank you so much for your time today. We work super hard on bridging the gap between our expertise and our CEO skills to create more money and time in your everyday to create change. If this sounds like something that you would like to have a further conversation with, jump on blueprinthq.com.au and book a free consultation so we can continue the conversation. As always, be brave.